This week on the Ocean Cruisers podcast, I'm having a chat with Eric from the YouTube sailing channel, No Bullshit, Just Sailing. Eric is known for his awesome sailing documentaries in the Northern Atlantic, taking his boat out in up to force 10 conditions to check the strength of his rig. He sails a Contessa 36 from 1976, which he's spent the past decade refitting between passages, and is currently planning a trip to Greenland. If you want to come sailing with Eric, he'll be one of the skippers at the Odyssey Sailing Festival this year in December in the BVI's. You can check out the cabin availability at oceancruisers.com backslash odyssey. If you want to follow along with our journey aboard Voyager, check out our YouTube channel. We've been putting a bunch of videos up of the refit work that we've started doing, getting the boat ready to circumnavigate. It's a good place to start would be where you got Tessie and where that all happened because you've had that boat for a very long time already you've um and you just kept on working on it and working on it and working on it yeah yeah i got i got uh, 18 years ago now 19 years ago and i was 24 years 23 years old when i when i got her Whoa. so i uh i wanted just to to have an adventure and i was a little bit bored you know i, I wanted to sail i, I love sail i love sailing at the time and uh, i just wanted a boat that you, i could could live in stay and sleep in you know and, and just Stay a long distance trip with and uh, i found her online uh, down in stavanger uh, just out of where i live now and uh, i came down and i i it was a salesman that was selling it to me right. for, for for the owner and uh, he said uh, that uh, it, it basically said it was a shit boat you know it's old don't, don't buy it <laughs> right, okay <laughs> yeah and you just try to turn me over to the Bavaria section. No, look at the Bavarias. They're oh, much yeah. nicer. This is the way to go, you know? And I, I just, no, 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 no. I want this one. I, want, I felt completely in love with it when I, when I saw it. Mm. I saw it, it. It was just a perfect boat. It, it was, it was uh, run down and old and all that, but I, I could see the potential immediately. So, so I just bought it right off the bat, actually, without yeah. just the same day. And I got it. So That's 18 amazing. years. 18 years you know i've spoke to like quite a lot of people who've had contessas in the past and then some sometimes the smaller contessas because they did boats in like the 20 foot range as well um but i've never heard anyone say anything negative about them ever who's owned them um so they must be good boats yeah they, they are they have a good reputation so it's especially the 32 footer is maybe the most sold one most popular one yeah and they have a few of the 35 and uh, I think it's 38 and range up to 43, I think. And that's, but they're very rare. The 32 yeah. is the most common one. What, what made you go for that? Because you've, I mean, at 23, you hadn't done much offshore sailing, I suppose, at that point. But what, what made you want to get a boat like that that was capable of crossing oceans rather than something which is probably a lot better for a 23-year-old? <laughs> like a newer, <laughs> a newer Bavaria, it's a better party boat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, no, I, I wanted to uh, to have a spacious boat, you know, but but uh, but I didn't have too much money, so so I have needed to have an old boat. Mm. So it all came down with the price and the, and and the size of the boat. It just landed on on this one, you know. That was the only one in range that I could afford, and kind of the biggest one. Mm. And uh, I didn't know any much about it, but when I saw it, I, I you can just see that this is a special boat, you know. The, I want this one. And uh, and uh, yeah, so I I sailed uh, a couple of months later. I sailed down to South Spain with it and uh, and uh, back up to, to Norway. And I, I just have thousands and thousands of miles with with uh, with ocean passages with it. So yeah. it just goes on and on. 
So when, when you got the boat, what was your intention with it? Because obviously you bought it when you were, you were a fairly young man. Like most, you know, I, I, I had a boat when I was that age, but it definitely wasn't the type of boat that, you know, I'd cross oceans on. It was a tiny little thing. But yeah. like, what, what was the intention with it then? And like, how has that changed to now? Because, you know, you bought it, you were doing like some, you were sailing down south, you were sailing into the med, nice, easy sailing. You know, now you're going pretty uh, dangerous places with it. Yeah, well, well, I, I started sailing at age eleven, and I had these small dinghies. You know, uh, up till I uh, was fifteen, I got a little bit bigger one, and at eighteen, I got a twenty-two footer. But I, I didn't dare to to cross ocean with these boats. You know, so I wanted yeah. to really explore the oceans. So I just needed something bigger and something heavier. I, it did not need to be any nice or luxurious. Just just a boat to, to carry me. You know to. Mm. And and uh, yeah, it, it just landed on that Contessa thirty five. I I was really lucky to get it because they are very rare to to get. So it's, especially in Norway, I think it's the only one in Norway. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, and, and, and uh, yeah, just fulfill my my dreams. You know, I got on board and I sailed to Shetland. I think was the first ocean crossing I took with it. I just plunged in and just went for it, and it went fine. A lot of storms and bad weather, and uh, every time it, it copes with it very well. So I, I feel really safe on board it. And uh, and people are asking, should, you should have a bigger boat or, uh, and all this. But I, I'm, I I don't see any why, because I'm, I'm alone 90% of the time. And it's a very easy going boat to, to sail alone. It's not too big. Yeah. So, I think as well, like you've had it for so long and you've done so many miles in it now. It's like that that feeling of assurance that you've got from that boat. <clears throat> even if someone you offered a, someone offered you a boat, you know, ten times the price, and here just take it on a plate, you wouldn't necessarily feel safer in it. Um, no, and yeah, unless you go way bigger. And the thing is, man, the bigger the boat gets, like the harder they are to control. Like definitely solo sailing in rough seas, like anything above like forty-five, getting up to fifty feet, it is hard. It is. It, I was just sailing in in uh, Greece now with a forty-six footer. Yeah, and uh, and th- th- that's a big boat, you know. It's 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 a ship compared to Tessie, mm. and I sailed it uh, with my with my girlfriend, and and uh, I could just everything is ten times heavier. The sails up and downs, reefing, you know, just to winch in the mainsail. It's a half day job just to grind on that thing and, <laughs> yeah. until the booms get center. You know, with with my boat, you just pull the pull the sheets, and it's uh, and it's and it uh, goes and you go, yeah. So so no, I I. I I think maybe big, big, but I've been sailing a lot of big boats, you know, 40, 50, 60 feet. But when it gets past 45, it's kind of gets a little bit boring. You know, it's, it's they're very big and, 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 and safe. It's more action than a 35 footer. You know, when yeah, the wave comes, the yeah, when, when you get hit by a wave on a 35 footer, you know, you get soaked, splashed. It's, it's action. It's fun. You, you feel fresh. And uh, on a big boat, that doesn't happen that much. And it's, <laughs> It's, it's it's just Most more people prefer adventurous. That. <laughs> yeah. Most weird, people I prefer know. that. <laughs> when did you so, right? So you got you got this boat when you were in like your early twenties and you went to the south of Spain, which is like a normal thing for someone in their early twenties to do. <laughs> uh, I think everybody would do that if they got a sailboat in like northern Europe. Um but where when where did the like asphyxiation come with going to more remote places and you know waiting for storms basically to then go out and, and test the boat because that's something pretty adventurous 
Yeah, well, it, it, much happened and developed when I got when I sailed down to, to Spain. It was one and a half year. Uh, one month I was working on a supply ship uh, one month on, on and off. Oh, nice! And um, during during the free time, I was sailing to to Spain. So it, it took one and a half year. And I had my girlfriend uh, the first months on that trip, but then she dumped me basically because <laughs> she didn't shower because you were on a small boat. <laughs> <laughs> but she. She didn't share the same passion, to say to say the least. So, so I I, I went on al- alone after her. And then I said sail. Uh, then I sailed back home to Hugesson. And and during that time, I did so many miles solo sailing, and I could I saw saw that I really could could do this, manage this with this boat, and I could see how far I actually could get just being alone and and, and the freedom that comes with it, rather than having a crew. You know, everyone who everybody wants to go different directions and uh, it's uh, everything is the discussion and when you're alone you can just point your bow wherever you want and you just go and that's when i found out that that uh, i live in a perfect spot in norway the west coast of norway and uh, at the ocean and uh, uh, if you go westwards you have shetland and all these beautiful islands just uh, 36 hours away sailing so i decided i really wanted to explore all of those islands and uh, and so, so I did. So, I, you know, Shetland, Fair Isle, Orkney Islands. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, yeah, it's like really beautiful places. And, and, uh, and the people there are, are so nice. And it's just another world than Norway. And it's so it's only 36 hours away. So it's paradise for me. Yeah. What? So, I mean, you, t- you took this trip down to the south of Spain. I mean, obviously, like the... Um, I suppose the experience is going to be a bit more commercial once you get into the Med because it's towns and cities and anchorages that have got charter boats and stuff like that. What attracts you to that part of the world? Is it like the, the solitude of it or is it just like the landscape, the beauty, the people? Like what makes you want to spend more time up there than go somewhere more sunny? Uh, it's, it's well, first of all, I'm, I'm from Norway and I, I like cold weather. Uh, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I deal very poorly with when, when it gets really hot. I, it was really hot down in Spain when I sailed down there. It was about 38, 40 degrees Celsius on, on the worst days. And I, I just shut down. I, it's, <laughs> oh, uh, so, 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 uh, so just sailing in the north, the freshness, the, the, the coldness and the, and the environment and, and the challenge with it. It's just, I, I love every part of it. And, and that's, something that you don't get in hot weather in, in Spain, you know, it's it's not by far the same challenge. Yeah, so. not at all. Yeah, that's true. What, I mean, so what is the, what is the main challenge that you have? Like, obviously it's, it's pretty obvious that what you're doing is like preparing for something and you're trying to gain a bit more experience here or there. Like what, what is the ultimate challenge that you'd want to uh, face? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, Greenland is one of them. I, I want to sail in between ice icebergs and just explore it and see how, how that really is. So uh, I've been trying three years in a row now, but uh, something has gone wrong every time. So I'm, I'm going to do it the fourth time next year. And uh, I can't say that that's the time I'm going to do it because you don't know that that's yeah. the exciting part with sailing. You, you really don't know what, how things are going to turn out. So, but you just have to try again and again and again. And I, I believe that if you try enough times, you, you will get there eventually. Yeah. So, so, so that, so that's my goal now, just to, to reach Greenland next year. That's that's my sole goal. Sail through icebergs. That is uh, 
quite a cool thing to do. It's something <laughs> I want to do, just never in my own boat. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I forward to doing it in someone else's. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the situation with sailing up there? Like, I've never really looked into it. I've I've watched some stuff that you've done with some with some of the sailing. I've, I follow a um, company called Fifty Nine North. They do like expeditions up there and stuff, which looks really cool. Um, what's what are the main challenges with it? Because obviously you've got like icebergs, and they they are completely unpredictable. But it's super stormy up there. I know that the weather can get like nasty real quick. Like, what are, what are the challenges with doing that route? Obviously, you had like some physical challenges because you got COVID and all that when you've tried to do it before. But what are the challenges from like a sailing perspective? Uh, I think it's the weather. It's it's changed so much, as you say. That it can be stormy. It can be this and that, and and it's always something. You know, it you. you it's it's not very peaceful. It's not a peaceful place to sail. It, it's the and I think it's also the feeling of kind of surviving. You have to really take care of yourself and the boat to to survive in those areas. It's uh, it's it's kind of scary at, at times, but that's also the challenge with it. I, I like to to test the fears and and to be scared and just just to. I think it's healthy for your body just just to put yourself through some shit and, and get out on the other side uh, in one piece that that's yep. that's the cool thing about it i think just to to to, to do it don't to, to cope with your fears yeah i guess yeah definitely it's good practice for the mind as well isn't it like mind over matter and like figuring Indeed. out what you can push yourself to yeah that's um, yeah. that's a good point all right mm-hmm. so just talking about tessie a bit so this boat i mean you've had this boat for a long time and you've done like a lot of refit work as far as I've seen, I know you've like re-engined it. You've had all new sails, but what what was the boat like when you first got it, and how have you modified it over time to be suitable for like the type of cruising that you're doing now? Uh, I have well, the 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 hull and keel and uh, you know the the mast is the same. Eighteen years old. I've uh, I've run her aground really bad once, and I destroyed the rudder. So I got I, I got I got a new rudder on her. Okay, and uh, and re- reinforced it, and yeah, new engine as you say, and all the sails were were just worn out when I bought her. I had, had twelve sails, I think. So it was this huge pack of sails on board, but it was like tips, you know. It was just dissolving when it hits the spreaders and stuff. It just <laughs> so but, they're uh, real. Yeah. <laughs> dissolving sails <laughs> <laughs> just and, and they ripped uh, ripped you know to pieces and I have to sew them back together and then ripped again and sew them back I didn't have money you know so I, I, that, I just have to do it that way but it, it's the it's the love for sailing that kept it going you know if, if you have to do it like that, that that's the way you have to do it so you just have to cope with it but but later on I um, I got help help from friends and family to, to, to buy a couple of new sails and uh, yeah and I just slowly built her up year by year. So so today she's in, in perfect condition and everything is uh, up to date and it's it's amazing to I, I never dreamt of seeing her in this condition 10 years yeah. ago. So it's it's uh, so that's also why I choose to keep her year after year because it's a great boat. Yeah, I mean, for a boat, the nineteen nine mid nineteen seventies, I think the boat is seventy six. So yeah, seventy six. Yeah, I mean, so for like a nineteen seventy six boat, even a Contessa, it's like so well maintained, and it's like had so much work done to it, ready for like offshore sailing. I don't think there's going to be that many of them like that even available. Actually, like you've you've done so much work to it. 
yeah yeah i have it's a lot yeah it's 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 perfect for solo sailing now with with you know with the hydrovane and uh uh the, the best autopilot system and and solar charging and uh, this hydro generatic charging and it's it's mm. got got all the gear for for long range it's a small boat but uh, it's a safe boat i think yeah 100 percent. i've got a question so like you did uh, so you're like an ambassador for raymarine and um you put like a lot of their latest stuff in your boat how much of a difference did that make to your cruising um because you got like the full system like radar ais the different screens and all that type of stuff like what type of difference did that make because most people will just take the boat out with like a navionics chart and that's pretty much it now yeah yeah well well I, i've started out with the boat with absolutely no navigation i've used paper charts and an old handheld gps <laughs> oh so yeah that's cool just... <laughs> That's the way I got down to, to Spain and up again, you know. But that that's fine, you know. I, I think it's uh, you're more uh, you're more focused when you just have a paper chart on the GPS. Your your eyes are more, you're more focused. But with all this new equipment, it's absolutely amazing equipment, uh, and uh, the boat basically steers itself. Yeah. But um, but I can see that I'm I'm less focused on the navigation when 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 I let the, all the Raymarin equipment uh, steer the boat, you know. Mm. Of course, I do do focus on navigation, but a lot less. I, I think a lot more bad things can happen if you have too much electronics in it and you don't pay attention that much because you just automatically trust the systems. Yeah, it's 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 both very good and it's it can be bad. So it's a it's a balance, I guess. I think as long as you're still paying attention, like I've I, I've noticed. Pretty much in most cases, like still when you open applications or your chart plotter, like they will still tell you, do not use this as your main source of uh, navigation, which I yeah. find crazy because if you've got it, why wouldn't you use it? <laughs> you know, you've <laughs> so much money, of course you would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you just still have to pay pay attention to like what's actually going on around you. I think it's easy to like have a computer that tells you everything and then you completely forget the natural environment and like what it can throw at you. So yeah, I think mm. as long as you're still paying attention, it's just great yeah. stuff to add to your boat. Yeah, of course. But uh, when you're sailing alone as well, that then you automatically pay attention because you are alone. You, yeah. I think I have I have had crew on board, but um, every time I've had been having crew on board, things have almost gone wrong every time. <laughs> 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 because you you trust people that they are not the that used to sailing that, that I am, so they they don't see the potential danger out in the horizon that that I know that might be a danger. Yeah, and 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 when you trust them, you just they stare the thing straight into our old platform, you know, because it's it's <laughs> because they don't know what it is and it's dangerous, so. Yeah, you know, I've, I always say, like, it, it depends on the type of sailor. Like, some captains like to be, you know, the boss on the boat, and they like to tell everybody and order everyone. But, like, in my experience, it's like, if you've ever got anybody sailing with you on the boat, try your best to find people who are better at sailing than you and have them on the boat. <laughs> so, like, because yeah. you need that safety net, don't you? You can't, you know, yeah. it's difficult if everyone on the boat, you're responsible for their lives, and they, like, literally cannot do anything to help you if you needed it. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I've done a lot of ocean, uh, you know, this uh, ocean sailing courses from from Norway to Shetland. Yeah, and uh, and I had uh, you know paying crew and uh, and absolutely greenhorns never sailed before. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, yeah, you you needed to stay awake twenty four seven because if if you if you didn't pay attention, they would 
start doing very weird things with the, with the boat. <laughs> very strange <laughs> things with the boat. <laughs> things <Just> will happen. <laughs> yeah, just sailing it in the wrong direction, yeah. I was, oh, yeah, I was yeah. mentioning my, my friend before, James, who's uh, the YouTube channel Zingaro. He's been doing charters recently. And um, he's been t- he's been taking aboard people who you know so some have some experience, but some have absolutely no experience. And he's doing like these week long charters, like really good experience. He's he's a, he's a good sailor. Um, but yeah, he's saying like when you take people on your boat and the passengers and the charters and they don't know what you're doing, it's like you are literally awake all the time. Like even when you're on anchor, you have to be aware because there's nobody else on the boat who can you know give you a heads up if you might be dragging or if someone else is moving around an anchorage. Like it's just all on you. Yeah, it is. They don't understand the situation like, like if you're experienced. That's fully understandable, you know. It's part of the responsibility of the captain, but uh, yeah. you can't you can't trust anyone in that situation. Yeah, yeah, so very true. So, how how was the uh, your charter experience? Because obviously, you're like a cold blooded Viking, and you, and you went to uh, Greece for a week on a on a fancy new production boat. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. not not where most people would expect to see you, I imagine. Uh, but how no. was it? No, it, it was great. It was hot, you know. I was struggling yeah. a little bit, but, uh, but it was it was in uh, in May, June, so it wasn't too bad. So it, yeah. it was fine for for me, and it was really nice to to see all the islands. And we had some wind and uh, three first days, but the four last days of of that week, it was just completely still. Mm. There was a lot of engine. So, but it's it's fine, you know. But I I have to. Say that I, I missed the north when I was in those waters, but it's yeah. nice to have been there and seen, you know, Mykonos and all these beautiful islands. Mm. It's it's a it's a really cool experience, for sure. I mean, like the islands that you used to sail into, I'd say are probably more beautiful. You just can't jump in the water as easily. Um, whereas I suppose you could. Well, maybe you can. Are you one of these Norwegians that goes like ice diving? No, no, I'm not. I'm not that tough. Right. <laughs> My brother-in-law does that. He lives in um, Norway. I can't remember. Not not Oslo, the other big city, the more industrial city. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. Um, but yeah, he gets drunk and he goes like diving underneath the ice in mm. these um, lakes. It's highly irresponsible. <laughs> it sounds crazy. <laughs> but that's what he spends his time doing. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, you basically enjoyed it. You liked um, being in some warmer climates and doing some anchorage hopping. Yeah, yeah, that's and it's, the story, the, you know, history is beautiful. Then with all the Greek gods and all the mythology, so it's it's a lot to see and learn. So, so that part of it was was really great. But yeah, uh, yeah one week it was seven days was enough. It was then I was ready to get back in the colder waters again. it's it's a super interesting place from like a historical perspective like when when i've tried to explain because i've sailed around greece a few times and like our boat's there now and we're going to be cruising there this year and next year um it's like to be able to drop anchor next to something that's like you know three thousand years old and it's claimed to be you know the temple of god like that's quite an impressive thing isn't it Mm, (laughs) like you know to drop anchor near something like that it's just amazing can't comprehend it yeah, yes, it's uh, unbelievable. So I'm uh, really glad I got the opportunity to see it. So I will hopefully go go down next year if they if they, if they want me back. Yeah, so we could uh, do it again. Well, we've got the BVIs in December. Um, oh. That's going to be warm, mate. <laughs> 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 My struggle with that one. Um, we'll have uh, we'll have cold I'll beers be. on the boat, but uh, yeah, oh, you yeah. might get a bit hot yeah. down there. <laughs> so December, that's the high season. I th- 
think so. I don't know if it's like the busiest time to sail around the BVIs, but I know it's definitely in season. Um, maybe not because December is like Christmas time or something, but I don't have a clue. I could be talking nonsense. But I know it's hot, although it's definitely not as hot as like Spain in summer. No. Oh, I'm I, I looking very much for, forward to it. It's going to be great. So no worries. Yeah, we'll we'll get through it, man. I think some of the boats have air conditioning on them, so um, maybe we'll try and get all the ACs diverted into a cold room so you can survive over there <laughs> in those uh, barren temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a sight. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, what's what's the next thing for Tessie then? Like, what is the next? Uh, I know you don't like to say, but I'm sure you can say. Um, like, uh, what what is the next uh, passage that you're planning at the moment? Uh, well, I'm, I'm preparing uh, for the Hebrides, the, the west coast of Scotland, in the uh, 10th nice. of July, one month. So that's the plan. And uh, it's going to be a three, four weeks uh, uh, trip. And I'm also going to the east coast of Scotland, you know, through a channel called Caledonian Channel. Oh, yeah. You can, can go straight to Scotland. And then I want to visit, uh, uh, you know, this Viking place where the Viking... Uh, Entered England the first time. Oh, the beach. Oh, what's the name? On the East Coast. East Coast. Uh, uh, Lind. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, completely forgot it. L- yeah. Linda's Farm. Linda's Farm. Right. That's okay. The so that's yeah, where they that, first arrived. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the first uh, point they arrived. So I, I want to go there, like, like a final closure of, of Scotland, and then I go back to, to Norway. <laughs> After that. <laughs> it's quite an interesting way to finish off the trip actually let's see how oh, yeah. my people killed all these people years and years ago <laughs> yeah. it's quite funny marty um and i've got yeah. mate i've got a good friend called chris actually who does uh like research and development stuff for the marine industry i'll put you in touch with him because uh, he's cruised for years around the scottish isles um it just sounds amazing like going into all the little distilleries trying all the local whiskies and scotch and all that type of stuff like Oh, yeah. It just sounds like a pretty, um, pretty amazing place to sail. Cold but beautiful. Yeah, just I would like it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect for you. <laughs> Sweet <laughs> mate. Well, listen, thanks very much for your for your time and uh, sharing a bit about your story. That's real cool. And uh, yeah, I look forward to sailing with you in December. It's gonna be good. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Sweet ass. <laughs>